Welcome to season six of the Self-Care 101 podcast, hosted by life coach Pooja K. McClymont. This season is about awakening the leader within so that you can be empowered to create an extraordinary life. We'll be diving deep into self-awareness, compassion and resilience, covering a wide range of topics to help you expand your potential through powerful insights from ancient wisdom and modern psychology. I'm so grateful that you're listening. And if you enjoy today's show, I'd love it if you would leave me a short review on Apple Podcasts or a rating on Spotify. It really helps the show get discovered by others and helps me know that you like it too. Thank you so much for listening today. Now let's get to it. Hello, it's season six, episode six. A pessimist sees the difficulty in every opportunity. An optimist sees the opportunity in every difficulty. What would your life be like if you never had any problems? Is that even possible? How can you not have problems if you're a human being? Why do some people seem to have problems constantly? Why do other people seem to not have any problems? Do we all have problems? And what about how we handle our problems? Are we helping or hindering ourselves, our relationships, our well-being? Today I want to offer you the opportunity to explore having a perspective shift towards your problems. It's inevitable that we'll all have problems, but the way we categorize, prioritize and then respond to them makes a huge difference in living an extraordinary life. We can't escape problems, but we can handle them much better when we look at them through a different lens and give ourselves the opportunity to improve the quality of our life in the process. I was born a solutions person and this has served me really well in work and with everyday problems, but not so much with the people in my personal life. Now, I don't see problems as problems. I see them as experiences of life. I look at life in duality where everything has an opposite. So, for example, you can have problems and solutions, light and dark, night and day, good and bad. And these are simply experiences of life. This is life. I can't attribute the way I think to any specific reason, because for as long as I can remember, I've been this way. Now, it's caused some issues with friends who just wanted me to listen to them. It's caused the same issues with my husband when he just wants to rant. And it has definitely created rifts with my peers and colleagues over the years. Before I became a coach, I didn't realize why these relationships were falling apart. But since I understand human psyche more, I've come to realize that one, sometimes people just want to talk without solutions. And two, I need to hold back unless someone expressly asks me what I think. Now, I can't fix those relationships anymore because growth actually works both ways. We both have to be willing to grow. And in my experience, they're not necessarily doing the growing and they don't want to resolve anything between us. So I just move on and I'm hopefully improving my behavior now with the relationships that I do have in my life. But there's something else at play here and it's that some of the same people perpetually had problems. Now perhaps I was getting fed up of constantly hearing about them and not seeing any changes being made. Perhaps they tried to make changes but they just couldn't get to where they wanted to be. I don't know for sure, but I do know now from my own experience and those of my clients and current personal relationships, 
is that the way we perceive our problems is actually how we feel about many aspects of our lives. We all have problems. I'm not sitting here on some pedestal telling you that I don't have problems because I only look for solutions. I'm saying that if we can shift our perspective towards our problems, then perhaps they can be seen simply as the experience of life, part of life. And to really bring it all home, it's the way that we respond to our problems that becomes the key factor in the quality of our experience in life. So let's break this down a little more and then towards the end, I'll provide you with three simple steps that you can take to help shift your perspective. You must remember that with any self-development work, it takes time to change. It takes time to implement and you'll make mistakes, but these are all part of the journey. And if you have a regular reflection practice, you'll notice the changes you're making or the changes you need to make more easily because it all works together. According to the ancient wisdom of Vedanta, which is an Indian philosophy of living life well, it's said that the cause of all suffering is ignorance. Therefore, if we're more self-aware and aware in general, we're more likely to change the experience of our lives towards solutions that make us feel happier. But we rarely do what needs to be done to feel the way we think we need to be feeling. So looking at happiness for a minute, If a person constantly has problems, we'd perceive them as unhappy. They probably also feel unhappy. However, if someone is accepting of the flow of life, that sometimes good things happen, sometimes not so good things happen, and where solutions can be found, they'll find them. They're likely to have a much happier experience of their lives than those who don't. There's also the victim mentality of thinking that bad things always happen. If we simply think about the law of attraction here, what you think about, you get more of. Now, I'm not oblivious to the fact that our upbringing and experiences shape the way we see things in adulthood. But what I'm offering you through my work is an opportunity to consider a different perspective. So rather than trying to not think of having problems, which is what most of us want, like saying, oh, I wish I didn't have any problems, or why do I have so many problems? We instead move towards a broader viewpoint that's about our experience of life. How do we want to experience life? So for example, if you want to feel at more ease with your life, then you can adopt a strategy for dealing with problems as they arise. The goal isn't to make your problems easier. The goal is your perception and your response. Say you've been in a job for a few years and you like it, but you want to do more in the role or you want a promotion. Perhaps you apply for a promotion, but you don't get it. You ask for feedback, but you're not satisfied with what they've said. Then a week or two later, your boiler breaks down. You haven't got any insurance cover and it's going to cost you unplanned spending. Now, this is going to frustrate you. A week later, you fight with your partner because they're not pulling their weight at home. The fight doesn't get resolved and resentment starts to set in. When you meet up with friends later in the month and they ask you how you are, you say that it's been a really shit month. One thing after another, problem after problem. Why can't my life be easier? Now, these are all reasonable responses. We've all had months like that or even years sometimes. What I want you to notice is that each problem relates to different areas of your life. They aren't linked to each other. The promotion at work has nothing to do with the boiler. The boiler has nothing to do with your partner not pulling their weight. But it 
feels like everything is a problem as you're experiencing it. Now, here's a shift in perspective. The promotion feedback wasn't helpful. So perhaps there's something else at play at work. Perhaps you need some mentoring to go to the next step. Perhaps you need more training or an opportunity to excel in your current role. If we want things that are out of our control, like a promotion that's in the hands of our senior leaders, then we need to take control of ourselves. Ask yourself, how can I position myself to get this promotion? What do I need to do? Am I willing to do it? What will I do if I'm turned down again? Would I want to stay in my role or would I be able to get this job in another company? Perhaps it's time to move on. The problem then becomes an active problem where you can work through it. If you know you can work through it, the magnitude of the problem is lessened. Not getting the promotion changes from being a problem to a goal. So in the case of the boiler breaking down, now without having enough insurance in place, it is going to be frustrating and you can easily beat yourself up about not planning better. So rather than doing that, breathe through the frustration with thoughts of protecting yourself in the future. You need heating and hot water, so you'll have to get it fixed. We've all been there. It's one of those things we have to deal with when we have a home. I absolutely hate the expression, it is what it is, because an old boss of mine used to say it all the time whenever I question something at work, but sometimes it really is just what it is. And it will serve your well-being better if you can accept that and move through the issue. You'll be a lot calmer and deal with these types of problems with more ease. Listing out the steps you need to take puts you in action mode, which helps lessen the overwhelm. So in this example, you'll need to find a gas certified plumber. Where can you find one? Online, a recommendation. How much is it going to cost? Do you have the money? Do you need to borrow it? Does your contents insurance cover any part of this? When can you meet the contractor? When's a good time for you to get the work done? Will you have to be off work or can you work from home those days? You should be able to get my drift here. If you make that list, you'll know which steps you need to take. So whilst it sounds overwhelming as I'm asking the questions, when you're doing it for yourself, you're actually just listing down the steps that you need to take. Now, when you list down the steps you need to take, the whole situation becomes less overwhelming. And if you have a list, as you do each step, you tick it off. That sense of achievement will actually make you feel better about the problem than feeling in despair about the problem. And again, by doing it this way, you're approaching the problem in a way that lessens its magnitude. Now, with the partner example, it's pretty much the same process. You're frustrated. Believe me, I get that. You don't want to keep having the same fight. You don't want to resent them, but you do want the chores to be more fair. Now, instead of fighting again, come up with a plan, either on your own or together. There's usually some things that you don't mind doing and they don't mind doing. So simply divvy up the tasks in that way. Schedule specific days if you want to. Do whatever makes sense to your relationship and home life. And here again, By doing this, taking charge, creating a plan, you're lessening the magnitude of the problem by moving it into an active problem, which is a problem that has actions. A problem only becomes a problem when you label it as one. Let's dive into some of the psychology to support this perspective shift that I'm talking about today. 
Now, our problems are never standalone. It's not about random things happening to us. Instead, we've actually got an intimate relationship with our problems because they're always in the eyes of the beholder, always psychologically self-defined. So that's why in the examples I've just talked about, moving the stagnant or standalone problem to an active problem that's being resolved changes our feelings towards it. But with chronic problems, this relationship between ourselves and our problems is much more complicated. And here's why. So firstly, you're more sensitized to the problem. Have you heard the adage, what you think about you become? Now, it's particularly relevant here, especially to chronic problems. When you're thinking about a problem, you're literally increasing the neurological circuits in your brain. You're making them stronger. And with these neurological highways in place, it's easier for your problems to get triggered. Another reason is that you build around the problem. If you've got chronic back pain, for instance, you are understandably going to be cautious about anything that might make it worse or trigger a flare. If you're anxious, your anxious mind tells you to avoid what might make you anxious. The problem begins to determine what you can and cannot do. But when you listen to your problem, your world becomes much smaller. The problem then can become a prism through which you begin to view your world. So other problems and other emotions, they begin to be translated into the language of your problem. For instance, I can't do X because of my back, when it might just be that you don't want to do it. Another example, you might say, I'm anxious, but actually you might be really angry. So this isn't about using your problem as an excuse, but the result of the power of the problem to dominate and mask other aspects of your life. Another factor is that your problem becomes part of your identity. With all this going on psychologically and neurologically, it's no surprise that this comes inside and over time becomes part of your identity. This is where you'll hear people say things like, I'm just an anxious or depressed person. I'm an addict. Rather than saying, I'm a person who has a problem with anxiety or I'm a person who is dealing with addiction because the problem has taken over. It's defining their self-image. It also makes it easy to feel like a victim, like I just discussed. It feels like my pain, anxiety, trauma, eating disorder is always there, always lurking, ready to strike. And I'm constantly looking over my shoulder, bracing myself for when this might happen. The problem controls me rather than me controlling it. Another factor is that you have beliefs that hold the problem in place. So the beliefs are keeping the problem alive, really. This is where over time you develop beliefs that might be conscious or less conscious, like this won't ever get better, or I don't deserve to have it get better, or I'm actually worried about what it would be like if it were to get better, since so much of myself is tied up in being this way. Because these beliefs are often just outside of everyday awareness. These can be powerful and these can undermine your efforts. You're easily frustrated or impatient. You make half-hearted attempts to solve the problem. You jump from one quick fix to another and you give up. Now, psychology would address the problem of problems <laughs> that I've been discussing today as changing your relationship with your problem. In coaching, we'd address it in the same way. 
In transformational coaching, we go a little bit deeper towards the self-identity side so that we can holistically view our problems within our whole lives rather than as a standalone issue or challenge. So, for example, if a client came to me and said, I feel like I'm always having problems, I'm always having problems, why do I always have problems? I wouldn't necessarily address the problems per se, I would address the rest of her life, you know, what else is going on in her life to identify what's making her think that her life is full of problems. Now, you can help yourself change the relationship that you have with your problems by one, looking at your beliefs. Are there some beliefs that you have that might be holding your problem in place and undermining all of your efforts? So this is for the people who are aware that they have lots of problems or that they feel, I think that's the better way of putting it, they feel like they're constantly in a problem state, always having problems come to them. If you really want to break free from that relationship, then you have to look at some of the beliefs. You know, perhaps you grew up and somebody always said, you did this, this is your fault because of you. Therefore, you now as an adult feels that resentment towards any problem that arises as overwhelming, definitely your fault and is just part of who you are. So it's really worth identifying your beliefs, having a look at them to see where all of this kind of thinking could be coming from. The second way is to look at your triggers. Most chronic problems don't have the same intensity day in, day out. What you want to be is curious about the shift, you know, like what can make my day different from a bad day? How can I make my feelings towards a problem that's frustrating and stressful and annoying? How can I make that change from being what feels like a bad day to a better day. And three, look at the emotions underneath. If you think that your problem is masking other emotions, you want to begin to rewire your brain so that you're able to essentially distinguish between them. So when your anxiety or pain flares up, you're going to ask yourself, what else am I feeling? Is there something triggering that pain? Is there something triggering that feeling? Is there something else going on? I'd also add a short exercise that helps you define your problems and your reactions. So the first stage is to categorize. If you categorize your problems like the train being late on your way to work versus your boiler breaking down, One of these problems is much bigger than the other. Therefore, the energy that you give to it should be different as well. Now, we tend to overreact to problems that are out of our control, like the train delay. You've seen it happen. You've been on the train. You know that person who has a complete flip out. So you know what I'm talking about. But those problems aren't actually equal. A boiler breaking down and the train being late are two different problems and they aren't equal in weight, but we can perceive them as equal in weight if we don't categorize what has more, I guess, importance or weight in terms of being a problem. One is an inconvenience. The other affects your finances and your quality of life. Already, you can categorize inconveniences and things that affect the quality of my life. Second thing to do is to prioritize. When you prioritize, which is similar to categorizing, you can decide upfront how much energy you are willing to give to a problem. So a family member who is unwell versus your project being handed in late are two problems that might feel the same in magnitude, 
but actually they're not. The third way is about your response. Responding is about taking control of yourself and viewing your problems a little bit more gently. Of course, you're going to be frustrated. You're going to be annoyed. But for how long? Do you need to keep talking about the problem or can you give yourself some plan time to be annoyed or frustrated and then move towards solution planning? Take a day, take an hour, take a conversation with a friend to offload and rant and then choose to respond to the problem with some form of solution. This will put you back in control of the problem and then the problem can be reframed into a nuisance that you need to address rather than something that overwhelms and completely stifles you. This episode is a great lesson in expanding your identity too, so that you can move through problems with more ease and a less polarizing view of your world. Chronic problems have a way of absorbing who you are, so you need to push back and take active steps to expand your view of who you are. Try applying new labels to yourself, like If you like to paint, call yourself a painter. Even if you've never sold a painting, it doesn't matter. If you enjoy cooking or crafting, throw yourself into both of those activities more. Take the time to note and appreciate those other talents and skills that you have. It's similar to the glass half full analogy. If you're filling your life, your mind and your experiences with more joyful, happy, fulfilling pursuits, over time you're going to show yourself a broader and more beneficial perspective of your life. This will lead to profound self-awareness and a beautiful connection with yourself. Your problems then move from being problems to simply being experiences within your life. Thank you for listening to the Self Care 101 podcast. If you enjoyed this episode, I'd be so grateful for a review on Apple Podcasts or a rating on Spotify. For more information, please visit pujamaclimont.com. Sending love and talk to you soon.